Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Oric. Now, t- today we're not actually doing a, uh, a full, like, kind of episodes. We're not going to go into big things. We're just kind of want to chat about something for a while. Right, Oric? Yeah, we're going to try and, you know, space these between our regular episodes. It's easier on Slagathor to edit, plus it's easier on you, the listener, if they're only half hour, 15 minutes, whatever we end up talking. We have heard your comments about that, but, you know... We like the long episodes. What can we say? We've got a lot to talk about. So, <laughs> but sometimes there's just things that we don't, we can't fill an hour talking about. And Such as today. Those topics we have this. Yep. Whereas today we're talking about. I mean, many times we've mentioned uh, how we're both huge fans of Watchmen, both the graphic novel and the movie adaptation, and apparently they are going to make an HBO series based on it. Yeah, it's got announced a couple years ago. And no one was really sure if anything was going to come of it. And they just announced, released a semi-plot summary, I guess. I haven't seen the plot summary. All I saw was, um, so the guy who's like the main writer for it released this uh, letter to the fans, essentially, of Watchmen. It was written in the style of like Dr. Manhattan musing where he keeps jumping through time talking about how his father was basically a, a diehard Watchmen fan who gave him his graphic novel when he was like eight. And anyway, it's it's a really good like letter if you can look it up. But he talks in a in, like a, an interview or something like that about how this adaptation is not really an adaptation because he says that you you can't really adapt it, um, not the way he you know he sees it. So sorry about that. Anyway, so he talks about how this is more of um. A remix, I think, is the word he uses. The idea of taking yeah. the the story and what's important about it, but applying it to like modern day. So, and I will admit, when I first heard HBO series, I was a little iffy, but only because, you know, I really like the movie adaptation. But I started thinking about like how a lot of the greatest old stories from like Shakespeare and stuff are adapted in so many different ways. I mean, I'm watching Sons of Anarchy right now, which is Hamlet with with motorcycles so the idea of taking a story and playing with the the pieces while the story still maintains the same i i don't know i'm proud of that so no i kind of felt the same when i first heard it i was like well it's on hbo and that's a positive but i already kind of have the definitive adaptation but we'll see and then i read this letter and i'm like hmm I, I i don't know what to make of this i think axel and i should kind of talk this one out because when you say modern day, it's like, well, I kind of want to see superheroes in today's time, especially with Super Boom. But at the same time, and one of the great jokes I heard was, I don't want to see DJ Manhattan. <laughs> okay. I mean, my mind, I guess, went immediately to Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, which maybe I'm, I've got problems. Ooh. But uh, yeah. Hmm. I have no problem. I, I mean, okay. Dr. Manhattan is like, I don't know. I don't really know how to use that how that sentence like that you just said to me, like DJ Manhattan. So I don't care if he starts off as a DJ, as long as he ends up the completely emotionless super being that he's supposed to be. You can play a lot with that, I think, in the modern day. Yeah, and that's the thing is I don't know if you should just make new characters or you can take the old characters and adapt them into... You know, modern day. Because what's the comedian going to look like in modern settings? 
Uh, uh, sadly enough, probably a neo-Nazi, but... Yeah, it's like, I, 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 I love the comedian. He's my favorite character. Make of that what you will. I don't want to see him translated to modern. That's just going to be... Oh, God. Well, you know, Alan Moore's work is just dripping with, like, commentary uh, on politics as well as just philosophy on life and philosophy on other comics and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I feel like a Watchman in the modern day can touch on, obviously, a lot of the stuff going on in our political climate, but also can uh, basically be a large criticism of, like, how, say, the comics industry and exists now, especially things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, like, there's a. I, I, can you imagine, for instance, a modern day version of Tales of the Black Freighter, where it's like a franchise of movies that he keeps going to see? I can see it as a horror series easily, but and, and that's kind of the thing. Like I said, do you just reboot this and you know take the basic core concept of Watchmen, which is this deep dive into human psyche? and you know create all new characters or do you try and take the same plot of watchmen but kind of change it so it fits in the contemporary setting here's here's what i say personally i'm going to use sons of anarchy as my example now i've heard that sons of anarchy goes downhill later on i'm only in season i'm near the end of season four right now and so far you know i enjoy it but if i take how that compares to hamlet right or even a different example take the lion king and how it compares to hamlet that's one of the most famous examples that pretty much everyone can get behind right so if the Lion King is Hamlet, right, and uh, Simba is obviously Hamlet, Scar is Claudius, but really, you take a look at those characters, there's very little that relates them other than their position in the story. Uh, you can say Nala is Ophelia, but Nala is way more competent than Ophelia. You know, same kind of goes for Timon and Pumbaa being, uh, oh, suddenly their names escape me. I have, it's been years since I read Hamlet. Um, anyway, point is the um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Anyway, um, so the point is, you can take, you can totally invent new characters, right? That's perfectly fine, I think. Uh, you know, you can fill it because the show has different requirements than a graphic novel or a play or a movie. So adding new characters doesn't bother me at all. Taking characters that we know and actually hiding them in like with different names until like there's a point where, say, in episode two, you suddenly realize like, oh, so that's the guy who's supposed to be Night Owl. Like I'm perfectly fine with that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I think that's actually that, 100%. Yeah, I'm actually more a fan of that kind of idea than just picking up the characters playing them in modern day. Like, yeah, dig down to what is good about Watchmen. Like, one of my I I don't claim to be able to express what is the core appeal of Watchmen. I think it's way too complex for someone of my limited I think intellectual every person gets something different out of it. Yeah, but like one of the main things I get out of it that I love that I've tried to explain to people is that Watchmen is a story about different perspectives. It's oh, about yeah. taking uh, particularly about five characters who all have extremely different perspectives and watching how they interact with each other and then ending on essentially a philosophy of you have to be able to share your perspective, to compromise your perspective to others in order to win. That's why the one character who absolutely, utterly refuses to compromise is brutally murdered at the end so which again we'll get to when we do a watchman episode that is a fantastic story point yeah so if you take for me something like that and apply to the modern day where you give us like five characters who have some tangential similarities to you know rorschach night owl comedian uh, ozymandias and uh Dr. Dr. Manhattan, and then you give them not even necessarily the same philosophies, just give them like 
different, very distinct philosophies. And then you do that same kind of thing where it's like, all right, let's watch how they, like you can tell that same kind of overarching story without really touching any of the same kind of plot beats that Watchmen did. And I would find yeah. that I'd be interested in that. I 100% agree. That's the best way to do it. The, I mean, obviously you're going to piss off fans and yes. that's one of the things we, you know, people get so bent out of shape with the Watchmen movie because they changed something or they didn't have something or so you think HBO is really going to be like, oh, well, we can't make these people mad. Then they won't go and see your thing. Or do you think they're going to go like, no, we're going to give you your, you know, free range, have your original vision with this and kind of do this. What we're talking about, a spiritual sequel. It, it depends entirely on who's behind it, right? So, like, let's take a, a moment to look at Game of Thrones, which basically completely uh, upended the concept of an adaptation. Because, I mean... I don't think that's out of the park to say that, right? Like, no, and I, I would still stand by. I think the show, in many, many ways, is better than the books. Yeah, As but I, like, and I'm reading. I'm reading the books. I'm going through, and there are a lot of things that the TV show does better. Yeah, because I don't feel like I'm not going to say Game of Thrones upended like television, because basically The Sopranos totally did that. But like, what Game of Thrones is doing was already being done in like a handful of Roman-based shows, like a couple of years before Game of Thrones came out. What's impressive about Game of Thrones is how it functions as an adaptation. Because other than like two major plot points uh, that I really don't like in the show, the which we can talk about when that time comes. Generally speaking, the show is super faithful up to the point where then it didn't have material, but they knew the basic strokes because George R. R. Martin, you know, told them the basic strokes, and they were like, "All right, now we're going to go tell our own thing." And George R. R. Martin, who has you know interacted with these people quite a bit, has said like, "Yeah, these are different. They're different stories. They're very similar. They come from the same root, but they're different things." So my reason to bring that up: Game of Thrones is the most fucking financially successful like thing outside the mcu right it, it's, yeah, it's just in merchandising alone yeah so i feel like uh you know hbo will look at that and like that's what they're gonna try to do so they they recognize that the show got really big by being a very accurate adaptation so i think they're gonna try to like keep it very accurate but at the same time the shows continued to be really good even when they were not really coming from direct adaptation so it's a tough call i, you strike I the balance. yeah I, that's and why that's i personally I mean think. when i say that the show does a lot better than books because the books will do a scene we'll take for example the red wedding and the books it's brutal but and you know it's, it's really visceral and the tv show takes that and then it kind it's of stretches over. out makes it more dramatic yeah the red wedding in the book i just read it like last week and it's over in like three pages yeah it's actually really quick so which but, is weird because it's this big moment that and you know the show's like okay we're gonna make this a big moment because this is a big moment so that's what i mean when i say that i think the show does better and i think uh, if they do so a similar watchmen, thing they've done with watchmen, with watchmen it's gonna come down to because like i said it comes down to who they get because i think i believe hbo will probably be very choosy about who they like get involved but once they get those people involved though i think they're going to probably be a little more hands-off that's my yeah. assumption like they're gonna they're gonna be very much like this our decision of who gets to direct edit write and star but once they have created that i think they'll be a lot more like, like all right now you go 
Well, they're very much looking for a replacement to Game of Thrones as well as a competitor for, you know, some of the other big projects coming down the line. Uh, probably most notably Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, which for the record, I think is going to crash and burn. We'll see. I don't know. If, I don't know anything about that, but I've talked before about how Lord of the Rings feels a weird place for me. Like I respect the hell out of Lord of the Rings, but I've never been a big fan. I don't dislike it by any means. I enjoy it. I just, I never got really into it. I feel like because, because it's the root of basically all modern fantasy, it, doesn't feel unique to me, even though, yes, on its own, it is super unique and changed the landscape of fantasy. I've used that phrase way too many times, changed the landscape. Anyway, but I was born way after that, and one of the downsides of that is I've experienced all the things that influ- it, it influenced before I really experienced it. Yeah. So now let's talk about the flip side of this potential one, where it is just a straight continuation from the original material. I'm curious... Wait, wait. To see a straight continuation of yeah. Let's like let's just assume that they go straight from the end of the comic book, the movie, whatever, what, whatever your preferred medium is. It'd probably be and the comic. Book. Jump ahead to twenty eighteen. Huh. I'm I mean, curious that, to see what the world would be like. That could be fascinating. I could, uh, but that's definitely a case of like you know you're pulling from almost a lot more original kind of material, right? It, it's that's a whole nother. That's not like another animal entirely. Right. That's like if I use my Heimlet example, that's like, oh, let's come back five years after basically all the the, the royalty killed themselves and let's see how the, uh, the royalty is doing now. Right. It's like, yeah, I suppose that could be interesting, but I um, I don't know. It, yeah. No, I, I agree. It's like on the one hand, that sounds like a fascinating concept. How long did Ozymandias's plan work before, you know, everyone would wait a second or did it work? And how has superheroes continued to evolve from this point on when, you know, a uh, superhero almost ended the world? Well, generally critics, right, of, uh, of Watchmen as a story have agreed that Ozymandias' plan, while narratively fascinating, does definitely have a shelf life. There is only so many years while that that will keep working before, like, weird tensions start coming up again, essentially. I mean, yes, it's, it's possible that getting everyone basically to hold hands long enough would mean they start putting in systems that would strengthen that relationship rather than leave it tenuous. But it seems very unlikely. And I think that's an interesting one because you're not going to piss off the fans by, oh, they changed this, oh, they left out this, or so-and-so would never act like this. And it gives you this wide-open adaptation to play with. Mm, Okay, think about it this way. I just realized the perfect example of what you're talking about. Go set a watchman. Oh, yeah. Now, your feelings on that, your mileage may vary, but I'm saying that that's basically what we're talking about. Ghost of the Watchmen is that. We should probably clarify what Ghost of the Watchmen is real quick for those who don't know. For anyone who doesn't know, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of the greatest books of all time and possibly the greatest American novel. And uh, it was written by Harper Lee. It was her first book. And then decades later, basically when she was dying, um, the people who were... This all right. This is kind of controversial. Depends on who, you, what sources you read. But point is, a sequel that very likely she never intended to actually release got released, called Ghost of a Watchman. That yeah. takes place about what twenty years after the events of about that between fifteen and twenty. Yeah, and the problem now, the reason why it's interesting is because Ghost of a Watchman was actually the original story 
that Harper Lee had written, and then the producer or the publishers at the time didn't like it, so she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. And now To Kill a Mockingbird is such a important staple of like the the culture of America, especially America, that especially the main character well, not the main character, the main character is Scout, but like the main moral figure, Atticus Finch, became like a fictional standard of morality for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. myself included. And then the whole point of Ghost at a Watchman, which takes place like 15 years later, is that Scout, the main character, who's the daughter of this moral figure, basically has to come to the realization that this man who was that statue of morality, who was that like idol, is just a man with his own flaws and his own like weaknesses. And the book is in a lot of ways about her coming to deal with that. But it's interesting because the people who then read this book basically are like, this book is assassinating this important, the character of this important figure from my like mental landscape. Like how dare they do this to Atticus Finch, yeah. which means they've almost missed the point of the book. But again, that, that depends no, on your. I feel like I agree with those people and I get the point of the book and that's a great idea. But I think the problem is you had created this paragon of virtue you can't do such a hard 360. And see, I personally am on the mind that it actually isn't that hard at 360. Like for me, I again, I will defend uh, Kill Mockingbird as like one of probably the 10 greatest books ever written, period. I, but, and Atticus Finch is one of my favorite characters ever. But like the seeds of the character that he is in Ghost of the Watchmen are all there in To Kill a Mockingbird. Like it's just that what he's doing, especially for a lot of us, we got into it, you know, very young, is very impressionable. Anyway, that's just the point. Like I said, your mileage varies on how you feel about Ghost of the Watchmen. I can totally accept these people who feel that way. I was just making a comment that, like, you run the like, risk of pissing people off. Yeah, because that was the point of the book, right? And if that you can get that point and still not like it, that's perfectly fine. But yeah. it's just it's an example of like. You know, here, here, this is what happened. There was this story, it existed for like 40 years, and this other story came out that was basically what happens years later after the story we know. So, so yeah, so I guess the real question there is if we're assuming that they are going to do this one we've imagined, where it's you know falls directly from that storyline, we do theoretically run the risk of them maybe altering the characters. Well. After that much time, especially because it's what original Watchmen takes place in the I don't know exactly what year the early eighties, right? Uh, Post Vietnam, Nixon, yeah, very early eighties. So it's like a thirty-five year difference, right? Something like that. Yeah. So in that story, theoretically, and because it's a Watchmen story, of course, fans would want to see this. Night Owl can be there. Silk Spectre can be there. Ozymandias can be there and of course dr manhattan can be there because he's basically god at this point but yeah how each of those characters has changed especially because you think about night owl and silk specter holding on to this secret for literal decades so right you know that plus there's the fallout of rorschach's journal getting published oh that too yeah which could have instantly crumbled basically the entire plot and then that could be a whole nother way to go at the same time you could definitely do a and this would be uh, commentary on the current day that just because the story was published, it was published in by the story or by Watchmen's admission, a really white right wing biased paper, right? So the story could have got published, 
and you could have it didn't really affect anything but the story's out there and the conspiracy theorists are like they exist you know so i think there's fertile soil to be had with this concept especially if you did one about how you know these old guard superheroes inspired the next generation much like the second era watchmen were inspired by the first era watchmen yeah all this of course is um besides uh his uh ignoring the odd one shoot watchmen things that they were doing a couple of years ago i don't didn't keep up with it because i thought the idea was dumb oh the comics that they put out yeah that were supposed to be uh. like that they felt to me like let's take the watchmen characters and make them regular comic book characters and that i don't know i read a couple of them i read like one and i don't really remember it uh i read uh, one on the comedian and one on rorschach and the problem was that the writers writing for these you know characters to me felt like they didn't understand the motivation of the characters and why they did what they did Like there's the whole thing with the comedian is just this conspiracy plot about how he was a government hitman. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but that's not exploring the character in a new interesting way. Yeah. Well, that kind of comes back to one of the base problems, right? Like Alan Moore's work, like Alan Moore, whatever you think about him, because he's a complicated man. He's got his ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he's a brilliant writer. Like when it comes to his stories in general, I mean, all other stories aside, just, Watchmen and V for Vendetta alone put him on like the pinnacle of writers of any kind, as far as I'm concerned. But once you don't have his writing and you're trying to, I don't know, emulate it or emulate the style of it, you're not him. And something is, I don't, I don't want to send that like, Oh, only Alan Moore can do this. That's bullshit. Anyone could, but it's it's a matter of like circumstance and difficulty. Right. And just because you could basically have a Watchmen like thing made without him doesn't mean it's, easy and or likely yeah no and that's kind of the thing like i think we both agreed on when we first heard this is like you can do it but should you yeah now as far as i'm concerned i actually um thought about something recently with the whole thundercats roar and people getting pissy about that and uh i realized like you know thundercats still exists the original like 130 episodes of it or something like that so just because there's a new show that is like really childish doesn't hurt that same thing for star wars no matter what you feel about any of the post trilogy star wars movies you still have the trilogy so no matter what thing they do with watchmen i still am going to have that graphic novel on my like bookshelf i'm still going to have that movie on my in my movie case and nothing can hurt those yeah no that it's exactly and it's kind of a hard thing to accept because so often we have this knee jerk reaction to you know things like this but that's the straight truth this doesn't take away from the original i mean despite how i feel about ghost set of watchmen i can still read to kill a mockingbird in the same context and just ignore the stuff i don't like i mean as a 40k fan i do it all the time i ignore tons of dumb fluff and get rewritten. yeah so my my point and i could sum it up basically as i would rather have a bunch of bad additions to a thing I like at the the chance of getting something good than just not have anything new at all. Like I'm perfectly willing to get some bad stuff at the for the chance of maybe getting something good that maybe recaptures what I felt before because 
there's no risk to hurting necessarily the thing. I actually, there might be some. I've heard of some people who like can see something and it changes how they think about it. But I feel like it's a small thing, so I'm not gonna worry about it. Point is, enjoy what you enjoy. Uh, I say, if people want to make new things, I'm I'm pro that, even if it's for necessarily greedy reasons, because maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad. I can really only win. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna be optimistic about this. I think we both are. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I think uh, that's you know any Watchmen fans out there. We both know that Watchmen fans can be perfectly reasonable and very calm about their chosen material. But, uh, on the internet. Yeah, so feel free to discuss whether you think that you know making more Watchmen is a brilliant idea, or you think that it is literally a plot of Satan to ruin your life. I, I don't. You know, go ahead, have that conversation. But uh, so we're gonna we're gonna pop out, and we'll have a regularly scheduled episode later. I don't know what day this is gonna get released. So. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. You know, I, I feel really scummy like trying to sell myself, but it it does help us a lot. So if you like us at all for some reason, then you should do that. Just you know, help us. Please and thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we also have the the Patreon and the Facebook group and all that stuff. So this has been Axel Wright. And his shield brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. All right, everyone. Stay honorable.